from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. We are excited to uh, be back with you today. We have a jam-packed Thursday program for you. And I think that you'll be very pleased at our guest list today. And I know you're pleased that the NFL regular season opens today. Happy New Year, everybody. Broncos and Ravens get us started tonight out in the Mile High City. And uh, that starts the long NFL weekend, which, of course, we zero in on for Sunday. Uh, so Falcons week continues, and the uh, Saints and Falcons are gearing up for their noon kickoff at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. We have a host of uh, folks to join us, as I mentioned today. We have the voices of both teams in Sunday's big game on our program uh, this uh, this Thursday. Wes Durham, the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, and... Uh, your friend Jim Henderson, the voice of the New Orleans Saints, on the program today. Malcolm Jenkins uh, stops by for an extended visit. We'll also hear from Desi Vega. It's Thursday, you know, so we got to talk food for the football weekend. Desi Vega from Mr. John's Steakhouse and Desi Vega's on St. Charles Avenue is our guest uh, in segment number five today. Um, I have a feeling he'll talk steak, and that's not a bad thing here on the opening weekend of the NFL season. So we'll talk to Desi about that. And we'll also hear today from Drew Brees, Robert Meacham, Mike Smith, and Matt Ryan, too. As uh, we got to uh, visit with those guys yesterday, Wednesday is arguably really one of the busiest days of the NFL week, other than game day, of course. But Wednesday is pretty stacked up as far as access goes uh, for the players and coaches, uh, the start of their, uh, their install, which continues today on the practice field. Really, Wednesday's a big day. So, actually, you know, before we get to our guests, I want to recap some of the stuff that went on yesterday and let you hear from uh, some of the folks I just mentioned as far as that goes. Drew Brees uh, is is our Wednesday guy. You know, we get to talk to a lot of folks, but the Wednesday visit with Drew is is a real highlight of the week. And uh, certainly everybody was excited to talk to, to Drew yesterday. I think that Mr. Brees was also uh, engaged because the regular season is finally here. And, uh, and really this conversation about opening with Atlanta is, is top of mind for everyone. It's viewed differently, it seems, by a lot of folks. I mean, the fans have their take on the rivalry and what this weekend means to them. Uh, broadcasters and, and staff of the franchise also look at it a different way, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Saints are opening at home this weekend. But for the players, it takes on a different feeling. And certainly we got that take from Drew Brees in his visit with the media yesterday? Well, just the fact that they're a really good team, you know, and, and, and we're a really good team. And so anytime you've got two prideful, you know, teams, organizations that are used to winning and, and used to playing well and that kind of thing going, going at it, you know, it's a recipe for, you know, very highly competitive, uh, highly intense atmosphere. And so that's what I find you always get with this game. Um, obviously the fan bases, I mean, I'd say the fan bases are probably more at odds than the teams are, you know, but uh, that makes it fun, too. 
So Breeze touched on a lot of different things. Another big topic yesterday, of course, was the return of Robert Meacham. And uh, so, of course, Breeze and Meacham have a ton of history together. And seeing him back on the practice field yesterday, Breeze seemed pretty pleased at what he saw. Great. Uh, obviously, he's, he's all smiles. He's happy to be back. Um, obviously, familiar place, you know, familiar offense. Um, uh, we spent some time together yesterday and then out here today and, and just uh, watching him run around. It's just, you know, he looks, uh, I mean, he looks as good, good as ever and look forward to getting him, you know, incorporated back in. So, of course, there was a lot of talk about Meacham. Uh, Sean Payton spoke about it. We just mentioned that the Breeze had his thoughts shared yesterday. But I don't think anyone in the building could have been more excited about Robert Meacham's return to the New Orleans Saints than maybe Robert Meacham himself. He said uh, that he was a kid in a candy store. He said he felt like he was back home, uh, back home. And that was a nice sentiment. Uh, Meacham went on to say how excited he was about getting that phone call. When I got the call, it was I was like, I was like smiling from ear to ear, you know. Um, I would say not anxious, just more excited, just to, just to be around, just to, just to feel the atmosphere again, I guess. Well, Meacham comes in healthy, ready to go, on the practice field yesterday. As a matter of fact, took extra reps with quarterback Drew Brees following yesterday's workout in the indoor facility. The question remains right now, and it's an obvious question: Will he play on Sunday against the Falcons? It's not whether or not he'll be able to play, but. Is he going to be ready to play as far as getting up the speed and being back in the flow of the black and gold? Meacham talked about getting reacquainted with not only the offense, uh, his teammates, but the playbook itself. A lot of it fell back into place. Um, you know, I was here for five years. Um, a few things haven't changed. Some things have. Um, you just have to take what you had in the other offense and kind of tweak it a little bit because some of the stuff was called some, some of the same things. These guys did different things. All right, so let's turn our attention now to the visitors from Atlanta. We got to talk to uh, quarterback Matt Ryan and head coach Mike Smith of the Dirty Birds yesterday. Ryan uh, is equally excited about opening against a quality opponent and a rival at that and a division opponent too. Here's Matt Ryan on opening the season against New Orleans. I think everybody is really excited uh, to, to get the regular season going. Um, obviously, it's a, a place we're very familiar with, uh, a team we're very familiar with. Uh, we know it's going to be a tough challenge for us down there, always is. Um, you know, they're, they're always a well-coached, tough physical football team, and um, you know, we're going to have to handle the environment when we get down there. But uh, I think that's, that's something that you know, some of the veterans on our team can help some of the young guys come along. And, uh, we're going to practice hard all week, so we're ready to go Sunday at, at noon Central Time. As we know, and we hate to talk about, uh, you know, Matt and Ryan and the Falcons had a tremendous season last year. But uh, as Drew Brees told us uh, yesterday, the Falcons and Saints rivalry, kind of almost irregardless of how the two teams are doing at different parts of their seasons, the, the matchup seems so very, very close. Breeze mentioned yesterday that seven of the last ten meetings between the two teams have been decided upon are decided on the final possession. The other factor is home field. Now, of course, that's a huge advantage for New Orleans on Sunday, and we all know what the Dome is going to be like on Sunday afternoon. Matt Ryan and the Falcons are well aware of it, too, and are preparing for that hostile atmosphere. It's definitely one of the most intense and, and one of the loudest venues in the NFL, uh, and we know that. I've, you know, uh, I've been down there five times now and have, have played down there five times and I know every time it's loud uh, and it's hostile and, and so um, you know, with the veteran guys that we have we understand what it takes to, to go down there and to execute at a high level and we need to be at our best. 
and sharing the same sentiment as his quarterback, Falcons head coach Mike Smith says that not only are they preparing for the Saints and their new look defense and the weapons they have on offense, but they do have to factor in getting themselves ready for playing in front of that Saints crowd on Sunday. Well, guys, we play in a lot of loud venues in uh, the Superdome there in New Orleans is, is, is one of the loudest. And we have uh, ways that we prepare, and we've been actually preparing through uh, uh, training camp. We will pipe in crowd noise like most teams do uh, in practice. Done it uh, after our second preseason game. We started going through that process and sporadically doing it through training camp uh, once, uh, you know, once we closed camp to the public. And uh, it's it's always you know it's always a challenge when you go on the road and you're playing in a in a loud uh, stadium and it will be loud this weekend. Smith talked about a number of things, but I think most important to to us uh, here today is uh, his shared thoughts on the mm, the impact of playing a quality opponent, a division opponent, a rival opening weekend of the NFL. And of course, everybody's going to say it's, you know, that's just how the schedule shakes out and everything else. But certainly there are some different flavors or there's some different spice to facing uh, your rival and a division opponent in week one. And Smith is on the same page, it seems, as everybody else. Every year it's a tough schedule. Um, and you never know how, you know, you never know how tough it is going to be or how, uh, you know, how it plays out because the NFL is so, is so competitive. Uh, you know, we look forward to playing, uh, a, you know, a division game right off the bat will be a great measuring stick for us, and it's a great atmosphere there in uh, in New Orleans. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a fun, you know, it's a, gonna be a fun way to kick off the season playing, you know, a division opponent, which in our mind uh, takes a little bit more weight than a, you know, a non-division game. So that's a little taste of what uh, was said yesterday. I know a lot of you have probably heard some of this already, but we wanted to put it all in one capsule for you there and and get some of the big names on the board here on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We're going to start the guest portion of the program off with uh, Malcolm Jenkins. He's up next. He'll talk about the defense's preparations this week for the Atlanta Falcons and what it's like for him and his uh, fellow teammates to get ready for opening day, kind of like the first day of school. We'll talk about that with Malcolm. Then we'll visit with uh, Jim Henderson, Wes Durham, and Desi Vega. Stay with us, won't you? The Black and Blue Report continues right after these messages. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. 
Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, Malcolm Jenkins is back with us on the Black and Blue Report. Now we get to talk actually about a regular season game. I know the last time we talked, we were still grinding through training camp, but... I see a smile on your face already, just thinking about the regular yeah. season. Yeah, man, it's you know it's been a long time coming. It's been a long, hard off season. We've uh, been working out, and training camp was probably one of the toughest I've had since I've been here. And uh, we're we're definitely excited to, to finally get into the regular season where the games count. All right, let's just get right to it then. The characteristics about Atlanta's offense that make this week's preparation unique. I know every week will be unique. So what's unique about this one? Well, it's the it's the familiarity that we have with this team. Um, you know, we play them twice a year. We know them like the back of our hands, but at the same time, you know, you have the talent that they have on offense. It's still about winning your one-on-one matchup. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, you know what's coming, but you still got to, you know, show up and make the play. And, and it's always unique playing them, especially uh, in the home opener. You know, it's the first time we've done that since I've been here. And, um, you know, it's got we got to start fast. And there is no easing your way into the season. This is, you got to put your, your best out there um, with two quality teams. In your in your eyes, when you look at what you saw against Matt Ryan in Atlanta last year, as to compared to what you might see on Sunday, are they better? Uh, I think so. I think you know they already had the talent, but now with the Matt and uh, Stephen Jackson in the backfield, I think that solidifies their run game. They struggled, well, not struggled, but their run game wasn't as strong as it had been in the past last year. Um, but now that they've got a you know revitalized run game with Stephen Jackson. Um, and they still got all those threats across the field throwing the ball. It makes them more balanced, and I think it's a little bit more dangerous. How do you how do you handle that? Because you know you, you are used to seeing Roddy and Julio and those guys mm-hmm. and that talent they have on the edge, but now you throw Stephen Jackson in the mix. Do you do you have to play more honest? Is that kind of the key? Yeah, I think I mean you got to be stout on the run. You know, no matter what, you know, no matter who you're playing, you still have to stop the run. Um, and if we can do that and play complimentary football so our offense put up points and we stopped the run early we forced them to be one-dimensional um, then we can you know play situational football we can play the pass get some pressure um, but I think right out the gate uh, in their fast starting team you know I think they were in the top five if they didn't lead the league last year in, in first possession scores so we know they're going to start start fast we got to be able to keep the ball in front of us no big plays uh, and then just play complimentary football to our offense. Okay, the linebacker doesn't have to necessarily wear the speaker and the helmet. You've done it yourself yeah. before. Who will it be this weekend? I think we're gonna go with Curtis. You know, um, you know, people get mad when Curtis calls it because he gets annoyed. and He doesn't like to repeat the calls. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're gonna go with him. It's, it's always good to have a linebacker in front of the huddle. Um, you know, I can. You know, I've shown that I can do it, but it's, it's, it's better for a linebacker to do. It. And I don't have to run back and forth. I was getting. You know, I had to get in shape just to do that. <laughs> I don't care how many years guys have played in the league. They never seem to get tired of opening day. Oh, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's always special because the entire offseason, you know, you work for months on end for this moment right here, for this first moment. Um, and, you know, 
throughout the season, you, you prepare for a whole week for another game, and each, you know, seven days to the next game. With this, we've been practicing for, or working out for about six months for this day, you know, and so it, it's always a special, that first one. I know uh, my kids, at least, when they get to that first day of school, they like to make sure that they, they might have clothes laid out days in advance. Uh, it, is it the same for football players? Yeah, it's that, it's that same thing. You know, you want to know, you know, what you're going, you know, how you're going to wear your, your uniform, you know, you know, you study all that week, you can't wait. It's just like that first day of school, you make sure everything's great. Now the next one after that is just like, ah, it's, it's a routine. But that first one is special. All the best to you Sunday. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yep. Malcolm Jenkins with us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll be right back after these messages. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, the official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex? So you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is. Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report on this jam-packed program today. Uh, a little bit later on, the voice of the Falcons, Wes Durham, will join us. Desi Vega is our guest today at 2, and special thanks to Malcolm Jenkins for stopping by. Well, as it is Thursday, we are graced by the presence of Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints, as he prepares for this weekend's opener against the Atlanta Falcons. I know this may sound strange, Jim, but I know you'll understand it when I tell you Happy New Year, sir. <laughs> And a happy holidays to you as well I, as the I, Sabbath arrives. Yes, as the Sabbath arrives, uh, but more importantly, I guess, for uh, Saints and Falcons fans, happy New Year on a new football season, which kicks off tonight, Broncos and Ravens, which I'm not so thrilled about a Thursday night you know, lid lifter, but for us, we're more concerned about Sunday. Malcolm Jenkins told us uh, earlier in the program that every year, no matter how long he's played, the opener is like the first day of school. It is exciting and it's nerve-wracking, and he tends to lay out his uniform and has everything lined out just the way he wants it. Jim, you've been doing this a long, long time. 
Is there anything that stuck with you about opening day in the NFL? Well, uh, you wake up earlier, uh, you sleep worse, and uh, actually, kind of like Malcolm, I'm going to sleep with my headset on Saturday night. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, is there has there been a favorite for you over the years? Is there an opener that, that's really stuck out or a season that you maybe were a little more keyed up for than anything else? You know, they're all pretty much the same. Um, you know, I, I remember back in 2009 when the Saints opened against the Lions and started off on that great 13-0 run that eventually uh, eventuated in the Super Bowl victory. Uh, I remember that one. Uh, you remember some tough losses. That if you've covered this team against the, the Falcons long enough, dating all the way back to the inception of this rivalry, you had a lot of tough openers against the Falcons. I think they were 0-6 against the, the Falcons in season opening games, including you know, back in 73, they lost 62-7. to I remember an opener against the Falcons in 1981. This dates me, I know. But uh, that was the first year Bum Phillips was on board. And uh, we were doing the Bum Phillips show, and the Saints opened the season in Atlanta against the Falcons and got, got beat totally and shut out. So that was uh, hopefully not a harbinger of things to come. But those are the ones you remember. And uh, I think this will be no different. Uh, season openers are always fun. And you look back to last year's against Washington, you know what to expect. Uh, you thought that perhaps facing a rookie quarterback would be to the Saints' advantage. That certainly wasn't true. These are two teams that know each other very well, that have always played close games. wouldn't be a surprise to see it go down to the final possession, as they always seem to do between Sean Payton and Mike Smith. wouldn't be a surprise to see it go to overtime. But, you know, the combination of Sean and Drew in the Super Bowl, Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, has been a very a good one to the Saints down through the, the Sean Payton era. Jim, as you mentioned, this is not the first time the Saints and Falcons have, have opened the season against each other. Um, you know, I hear I hear it go both ways. I think a lot of fans are excited that they're opening the season against, you know, the arch rival, a division opponent like this. And I hear others that don't want to see this game until a little bit later on. Where do you where do you fall on this one? I'd rather see it right away. I mean I, I certainly would. Um you know, the Saints have won six or seven at home against Atlanta since 2006 with Sean. Uh, last year they split the Saints winning at home, uh, losing in Atlanta. Uh, I'd rather see this, believe me. I, I think it's going to be a special game, perhaps the best in the NFL uh, this weekend. And you know, too, Sean, everybody talks about, well, a game win in your, in your division uh, is, really, is really two wins. And I think especially now in doing some research, it's pretty interesting that uh, in the NFC South, this year they'll play the AFC East, and the NFC champion has come from the division that plays the AFC East for seven consecutive seasons, which makes this game even bigger because the premise being with three really weak sisters in the AFC East and the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills, it's going to be very difficult, barring an upset, for uh, the Falcons to lose to any of those three teams, and I would say the same for the Saints. So you've got to, all face, you've got to both face the Patriots and uh, that's probably going to be a difficult game and perhaps a loss. So this one means even more. So I, I don't think there could be a better way to start the season than facing the Falcons, particularly here in New Orleans. That is a tremendous note. You would be the only guy that would come up with that note. Um, <laughs> the uh, the note that strikes you most regarding the Falcons is? Well, you know, I think there are a bunch of different trends in this game and things to watch for. The addition of Steven Jackson, obviously, 
Um, that's going to be interesting. It was pretty evident last year when the Saints played the Falcons that Michael Turner was at the end of the line. And Steven Jackson is, is such a great runner who's never been on a winning football team in St. Louis. Now he certainly has that opportunity. And he's a terrific receiver. He doesn't have to come off the field on third down as oftentimes Michael Turner did. Uh, you look at the Falcon defense, and it's been rebuilt in some ways. I mean, this is a team that had a hard time sacking the quarterback last year. I think they had 29 of them, which was 28th in the NFL, and they got rid of their best pass rusher in letting John Abraham go. Uh, they've got a rookie cornerback, and he expects to be tested. Their first-round draft choice is Desmond Trufant out of Washington. And uh, apart from him, this is a really solid secondary. So Drew's all about matchups. Sean's all about matchups. Most uh, quarterbacks and head coaches in the NFL are. But it'll be interesting to see how they work on Desmond Trufant because you don't want to go Asante Samuel's way, I don't think. He had five interceptions a year ago. Both of their safeties went to the Pro Bowl, and William Moore and Thomas Deku, and I'm sure Drew would say he probably helped William Moore get there because in that last meeting with the Falcons in Atlanta when Drew threw five interceptions, two of them went to William Moore. So um, it's going to be very interesting. I thought a really interesting question was asked yesterday, and you were there as well at the press conference with Drew and, and with Sean, and, and Brian Alley Walsh asked Drew, uh, how does this not become personal to you in a way? Because he had the worst game of his career last year against the Falcons in Atlanta with those five interceptions. He had his 54-game touchdown streak snapped by the Falcons. And, uh, and Drew said, you know, I look at that tape, and I, yeah, I, I threw five picks, but I could easily have thrown five touchdowns. And Drew went on to say, you know, you have to treat everybody as a faceless opponent. Well, I don't believe that for a moment with Drew Brees. In watching him since 2006, anytime Drew has come off a subpar game, he usually rallies with one of his best performances. And you can believe that he's been thinking about that last game against Atlanta uh, up there in the Georgia Dome for a long, long time in the five picks that he threw in the career uh, 54-game uh, cat, uh, touchdown streak being snapped. So this is going to be personal to Drew as well, and uh, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't play very well on Sunday. Jim Henderson, voice of the Saints, with us. Jim, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that's only limited to to Drew Brees, and, and I'm glad you brought it up because the more I think about this thing, whether it be the Brees performance or Sean Payton's return to the NFL or Rob Ryan after what happened in Dallas and then the ensuing interest or their lack of across the league with regard to his employment. It seems like, in a lot of ways, not just for Breeze, but for so many different folks on that black and gold sideline, this is personal. And and it seems like that question by Brian Alley Walsh could be asked to a number of different folks with the Saints. Well, I think, I think you're exactly right. I think you hit it right on the head. There are a number of personal things going on here, and uh, it only adds to the flavor of this great rivalry. Jim, uh, anything special for you on Sunday morning? Do, do you do you have breakfast at home, or is it breakfast at the dome? Take us take us behind the curtain of the broadcast booth, will you? Well, on a usual uh, Saturday night, I would be spending it up in Mississippi at our home and getting up by six o'clock to get in here and read the paper. I always like to get to the dome two and a half hours before kickoff, which in this case will be nine thirty. But uh, we have a special guest coming in from South Africa this weekend, so I've got to spend Saturday night probably at a hotel down in New Orleans, but it'll still be a very early night. You know, you like to um, 
like to get your rest. You don't like to do anything too crazy. And just and you know, Sean, you like to stay in your in your own routine. So that'll be varied somewhat for me, but uh, I'll try to cope with it. And congratulations on the start of another season. We're very anxious to hear your call Sunday from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Good luck, Jim. Thanks a lot, Sean. Of course. The voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, with us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll uh, turn our attention to the other side. In just a moment, West Durham joins us after these messages. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints Scratch-Off from the Lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, the Black and Blue Report continues here on this very, very busy Thursday. We get the voice of both teams today. Of course, Jim Henderson with the New Orleans Saints and Wes Durham with the Atlanta Falcons, who will uh, graciously greet us with the uh, toe meets leather call to start the football season on Sunday. Wes, did you ever think that that call, and I know, I know others have, have used it before, but you've made it your own, and I know for Atlanta Falcons fans, that signals the start on Sunday. Well, I've been uh, – it's been an interesting uh, run. Al Serraldo was the legendary voice of the Ramblin' Wreck, and I've used Toby Leather occasionally in my 18 years at Georgia Tech. I, I kind of hold it off a little bit now with the Falcons because, you know, you got Georgia fans and Tennessee and Clemson and South Carolina fans, Sean, that, uh, that subscribe on Saturdays to those flavors. So – uh, I've, I've held off a little bit with it at, uh, with my Falcon work, but uh, for 18 years when I was at Georgia Tech, it was fun to use. 18 years at Tech. Now you're on to television to do some college football there with Fox. How many years now with the Falcons, Wes? Uh, this is 10. Uh, Sunday will be the start of my 10th year, and Dave Archer and I have had a, had a really good run. The, uh, the organization is, uh, has just really treated us great, and it's been a it's been a fantastic relationship. Ten years is enough then to ask you about this rivalry between 
the Saints and the Falcons. It's funny, you know, you talk to the players here in New Orleans, coaches too, I don't want to say they play down the rivalry, but they play up more than the fact that they're enjoying a quality division opponent in week one. But the fans down here will have none of it. They don't want anything to do with the birds up there in Atlanta. They don't really care that the players are playing it down. To them, this is uh, as heated as it's ever been in a, in a rivalry that now spans you know, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings. What about in Atlanta? What's the take there? Well, I, first of all, I think that both these organizations uh, are influenced by the flavors of college football in their part of the country. Okay, that's number one. And so, therefore, they're all they're they're looking to gravitate to a rivalry or a game that carries a little bit more to it. And clearly, since they were both basically founded at roughly the same time, they've kind of been forced onto the same page for a long time. And now, with the success of both organizations in the last, you know, six to eight years, it's it's just amplified that. And to me. And I'm kind of with the fans on this one, Sean. I, I don't think it gets the, the due it deserves. I mean, sure, it gets a Monday night game here or a Thursday night NFL Network game there or or whatever. But and, and with all due respect to the Packers and 49ers Sunday afternoon or Monday night for the Redskins and Eagles and all that, this is probably the best game in week one. It's it's the It's a division game, which means it counts more than just the win or the loss. It's one and a half or two, depending on what theory you subscribe to. And, and to my way of thinking, it's one of the best games in the NFL, and, and lucky for fans, we get it twice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with the fans on this. And I understand why the coaching staffs and the players play it down, because there are 15 more left after, uh, after Sunday afternoon. But, uh, but at the same time, I, I, I love this game. Uh, I like the environment, I like the atmosphere, and I like the fact that, uh, that neither fan base likes each other a whole lot. I think there's some Atlanta people who are in New Orleans now. I know there's some New Orleans people who live in Atlanta. So that just adds to it, in my opinion. Wes, after a fantastic season like the Falcons had last year, do you, is there a sense that there's unfinished business for the Falcons going into Sunday? Um, I don't know. I, I think they've done a really good job as an organization bridging one season to the next without relying on that season. Uh, I, I think there there's enough – you know, professionals in, in this particular organization now that understand that 2012 doesn't necessarily beget 2013. I do think, though, at, at some point there is that continuity piece, Sean, that, that's with this team. And it's with this team in a bigger way than maybe it's been before in that they were so close to getting to the Super Bowl last year that they had some things go their way. Uh, they got off to a great start. Um, those are the kinds of things that that I think carry continuity in an organization. That's the one thing I'm excited to see unfold, whether it be you know Sunday or going forward, is that I, I think this organization for the last five years has been on the upward tick. It just so happens that it's coincided with the arrival of Thomas Dimitrov as the GM, Mike Smith as the head coach, and Matt Ryan as the quarterback. But, but I do believe they've got enough experience back to, to be a threat to go to the Super Bowl, to get to that last step that they were trying to get to a year ago. Wes Durham, voice of the Falcons, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Wes, as you've done your game prep this week, and I know it really ramps up today. Sure. When you look at this ball game, take away the emotion, take away the fact that it's the opener, where does this one turn? How does this one play out? You know, it's interesting. It's it's easy to say, well, it depends on who can stop the other because 
these games have been so high scoring, and I think Drew Brees said earlier this week, seven of the last ten or seven of the last nine have come down to the last possession, which is true. But to me, it may come down to something completely different. I mean, you know, I, I think Atlanta went out and acquired Steven Jackson last year uh, in a free agent situation, Sean. I think they did it for a reason, and I think it was to create balance in games where you know, they somebody might you know rush forward and drop seven and say, okay, beat us throwing the football. And Atlanta couldn't beat you running the ball. Michael Turner just was not consistent enough. Well, now with Steven Jackson, you're talking about somebody who's had eight straight 1,000-yard seasons, uh, 50 or more catches, I think, in the last six seasons. Um, you know, you're going to have to account for 39 in the Atlanta backfield. The same goes for New Orleans. Uh, a year ago, Chris Ivory had big runs at the Superdome that ultimately propelled the Saints to that win down there. I, I start looking at, at certain things, and, and I see that it's not always the most obvious piece that wins the ball game between these two. So I, I'm going to go with run game. Whoever can run it better Sunday may win. Um, and who can get stops? You know, Both these defenses have questions coming into the ball game. The conversion of the 3-4 for the Saints the retooling, so to speak, of what Atlanta's gone through with the young guys in the secondary and obviously human you're coming over. Uh, you know, how does that work out? And to me, it may come back to be as simplistic as who can run the ball better. It's a great take, Les. You're a good friend, and I can't wait to see you on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Sean, thanks. I appreciate it. Always enjoy the visit. Wes Durham, voice of the Falcons. Wes, I'd tell you good luck, but then again, I'd be lying. I wouldn't. <laughs> Wes Durham with us on the Black and Blue Report. Lots more to come right after this. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Final segment of today's Black and Blue Report. You know, this actually, this is uh, this final segment here is two of my favorite things. Uh, number one, I love it when good friends stop by the show. And then I love Thursdays because we talk food. And, uh, and those of you that have seen me before know that I'm not afraid of a meal. So 
Uh, this is uh, this is to get us ready for our first regular season weekend, and a good friend is here. That's Desi Vega from, of course, you all know Mr. John Steakhouse, and now Desi Vega's on St. Charles Avenue, which is just a little further up the avenue. Uh, I've been Desi. I've been trying to find the best way to describe because I I know how to tell people about where Mr. John's is. Do I tell them? Do I tell them it's it's more toward downtown? What's the best way to say it's down the street? Uh, I always say right across from Lafayette Square by the park. Okay. Well, on the corner is Gerard and St. Charles, and everybody knows Gerard. The dome's on Gerard, St. Charles, so it's Lafayette Square across from Gallia Hall. Perfect. Pretty, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, are you excited? Oh, we, we were ready? Oh, just, just ready because I'm um, just like I was telling you earlier about opening up for game day now. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, Mr. John's has always been closed on Sundays, but now with the new place, uh, you'll be able to uh, enjoy football and uh, and good food over there at Desi Vegas on Sundays. And, of course, uh, make the phone call and you'll get all the details. But uh, it'll vary with, uh, with game start time. So it'll be somewhat fluid, but this weekend we'll start with that noon start time at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And then if you're so inclined for dinner afterwards – that's the place to go. Okay, let's get right to it. Uh, Thursday's our day to get folks ready for if they're at home, they can prepare their game day meal uh, as they see fit. Or if they're tailgating, which like a lot of folks will be because it's a home game this weekend, we need to get them ready. So I've asked all these guys and gals who have come on the show, um, what I'm looking for here, Desi, is either something from Mr. Johns or Desi Vegas or something from your own personal file that you're willing to share that will enhance Saints fans tailgating and or home eating experience for this weekend. So, I, I have a feeling where you're going to go with this. But well, the the the, the secret file is the meatballs, mom's meatballs. I say grandma's meatballs, but uh, I don't know if we're quite ready for that yet. Okay. But uh, we'll start off with the uh, the steak. I mean, we're known for our steaks, and everyone asks me about. I cook a steak at home, and it never comes out like it does here. Well, first off, the eighteen hundred degree broiler is something you probably won't have at home. But you can do it on a grill just as easy, just as good if you do it the right way. Um, I like to do it to where, you know, you got to get your coals very hot, glowing, very red, and leave your top down on your grill. Okay, top down? Top down why it gets hot. you got to leave it down and let that grill just get, get just smoking hot. Okay. What about seasoning before we throw it on the well, grill? Well, what we'll do is we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna start the coals and get them going for a good 20, 20 minutes or so. Uh, while the grill is getting hot, what you can do is take your steak uh, t- to the preference of your choice, a filet, a ribeye, a strip. Um, take a little bit of kosher salt and what we call a butcher's black pepper. It's just, uh, you know, like when you get a, a salad and they bring you some fresh ground pepper, it's going to be, you know, bigger bigger pepper than the normal fine grain pepper. Uh, salt and pepper, a little bit of olive oil. Maybe use a little 80-20 blend. Don't use straight extra virgin olive oil because it's going to make it a little bit too sweet for you probably. So uh, we'll get it all juiced up with the salt and pepper, leave it in the pan. And then once your coals get really, really hot, I mean it's got to be really hot, put your steak on the grill and let it sit on each side. Do not flip your steak back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. If you like your steak rare, mid-rare, medium, of course, it all, it's going to be a little bit more timing. You know, a mid-rare steak's going to take you about three, three and a half minutes on each side to cook. And the most important thing is, like I said, do not flip it back and forth. Once you, once you get your desired temperature, you take that steak off the grill and put it on a side resting pan. And what I mean by resting is that steak's in there, it's cooking very, very hot, and you want your steak to rest for about the same amount of time that you cooked it for. And when it rests, the juices start flowing from the middle of the steak all the way throughout the steak. 
And of course, when you had a barbecue or you had a crawfish bowl or any way you had, you got one guy <laughs> that's there that's going to tell you how to cook or can't wait and start grabbing the food, eating for it before it's ready. Just hit them with your spatula because it's hot and they'll, they'll back up. Um, but the most important thing is to, to let that steak rest there for a few minutes and then take it off, you know, then, then it's ready to eat. While your steak's cooking and while your grill's getting hot, if you're at home, go ahead and take your, your plates. Make sure that they're, they're nice plates there. Stick them in your broiler at about 500 degrees and let them plates stay in there approximately 15, 20 minutes or so. And everyone wants to know how we get the sizzle. Well, we get the sizzle because the plates come out the oven, steaks come off the resting, resting place onto the plate, and then we hit it with a little bit of butter, okay? Now, the key to the sizzle is we take parsley, which is generally a little wet, moist, I should say. And when that moist parsley hits the hot butter and the hot plate, becomes a aha uh -huh. so that's just it it's it's really easy you probably can't get your plates quite as hot as we get them because like i said it's 1800 degrees but that's just a simple trick and one other thing that you can do to go with that is take a, a potato very simple uh baked potato whether you boil it bake it or whatever you may do do it on a saturday if you're gonna if you're gonna grill on sunday have that baked potato and put it in a refrigerator overnight and get it a little bit dense and get it cold and then what you do at that point is slice it, make little medallions out of it. Then you take a little bit of uh, olive oil, lemon, butter, some minced garlic, a little bit of parsley in there. Sprinkle that over your potatoes, and voila, you have a house potatoes. Wow, there we go. Now it's we go eat now. Yeah, right. No, this is a great way to end the show today. Uh, real quick, I, you know, there's there's probably a a half dozen cuts that most people are familiar with. And when you have an 1,800-degree broiler like you do, um, you can pretty much work your way through any of those cuts. Is there a particular cut, though, that works best in the parking lot, on a grill, or at, or at home that is easier to pull off, I guess? Uh, Ribeye, rib yeah. because it's a little bit thinner. Our strips, you know, they come a little bit thicker, fillet's a little thicker. And if you butterfly a fillet, it, you know, then you, you, you cut it in half and you're taking all the juice out. But a ribeye has the most flavor. It's the juiciest steak that we have. Of course, my favorite's the New York Strip, Pittsburgh Mid Rare. Can't beat it. Yeah. But uh, that's I'll, rare, though. Yeah, and and and, but and most people down the south don't appreciate that. Right, and the ribeye yeah. is probably a little bit harder eating when you're tailgating or when you're out and you get a lot of women that don't like the fat and the marbleization on the steaks. But uh, the fillet's good. But I mean, if you if you if you go on if you if you just one of those diehard steak guys, I mean, the the, the ribeye is probably going to be your best bet for a grill. You're my you're, you're my guy, and uh, Mr. Johnson does Vegas my favorite spots in the city. So, we saved you for Falcons Week, and I hope that you'll come back another time during the season. Oh, absolutely! All I'd right. love to be here. Thanks for having me. Boy, stakes for the game on Sunday. That that might be just the way to go. All right, gang, that's going to do it. We have had a very full show today. Our thanks to uh, Jim Henderson, West Durham today, Malcolm Jenkins today, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. And Desi Vega, too. Fred Ruckert was our engineer and our editor today. Thanks to all. Rob Nice will be in this chair tomorrow. And uh, so, of course, we'll all be gearing up for this weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, wherever you may be. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report. <laughs>